In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Hello, and welcome back to Still Interested, our TV and film reboot remake podcast for the Curio Network of Podcasts. I am, as always, your Grand Wizard of the Illuminati host, Ben McAllister. And I am your accent-changing friend, Jackson Usid. Oh, yes, dude. Now, you know, I'm glad that you've hit on that, because as we've discussed in great length, there's one thing we love on this show, it's sliding between different, you know, fun, mm, cool mm, character mm, voices. Mm, mm, mm. Potentially, like, the, the one person that might like them more is probably Simon West, the director of this film. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's unclear whether he likes them or whether he just didn't get the right people or the right direction. But at any rate, it's definitely, definitely an element of this movie. We're talking about the 2001 Lara Croft Tomb Raider starring Angelina Jolie. I watched this movie last night and Mm -hmm. immediately before watching this movie, I was at the cinemas seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, right. What'd you like, think? Evan and the, oh, it was fun. It was like a fun, silly sci-fi romp through the Marvel Universe. All my guys were there. Paul Rudd's in the mix. Yeah, he Michelle sure is. Pfeiffer. What's not to like? I mean, Michael Douglas. It, it's all happening, you know? Everyone's having a great time. That one guy, Luis, from the first one, he's back, and he's funny as ever, right? When he does the whole thing where he's telling <laughs> the, the stories. storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good times, you know? And, and then I had to come home by myself and sit down and watch Lara Croft Tomb Raider 2001 by Simon West. And let me tell you, I was, you might say, pre-positioned, predisposed to think that this movie was going to be a bad time. I was like, uh, this is going to be such a slog. I'm going to hate it. I don't know if it was just because I went in with such low expectations, but I actually enjoyed this movie. Listen, anyone yeah. can hurl accusations at this film for certain issues, um, yeah, exactly. But I think, like, if you just, like, sort of, like, sit into it and you, you, like, take it for what it is, like, it's just kind of like, you know, like a fun action romp. Exactly. Should we just, like, uh, roll on in? I think we should, dude. I think I'm going to start with my first note, which is that this movie's produced by a company I've never heard of before called The Mutual Film Company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Have you heard of them before? Uh, no, I have not, dude. The Mutual Film Company. So... Let's see, just a quick, where are they now on Mutual Film Company? <laughs> Recent movies from Mutual Film. Jack Reacher. Hell Snakes yeah. on a Plane. Oh, no. Both of the Lara Croft movies. And guess what? Those are four of their six movies since the year 2001. <laughs> Jesus. When you're on a winner, like, you know, most most film companies just try and, like, churn stuff out. But, like, the, like Mutual Film Company, it's only, like, six films over, like, you know, a 20-year yeah. existence. And that's really exactly. quality over quantity. Oh, no, Jackson. They've been around since the 90s, with such Ooh. hits as fucking Saving Private Ryan. Ooh, okay, hang and on, what? To be fair, that's actually their only, 
That's only that's the only real winner in here. I mean, going yeah. back, we've got the Patriot, Wonder Boys, isn't she great? Man on the Moon, Virus, a simple plan, Black Dog, Polly, Primary Colors, Hard Rain, The Ripper, The Jackal, The Relic. Yeah, oh, man. The only I, I've real seen a winner bunch of those films, dude. Like The Jackal and like The Patriot. The Patriot, dude. The Patriot's so good. Their biggest grossing movies are Saving Private Ryan, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Jack Reacher, The Patriot, The Jackal, the second Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and Snakes on a Plane. Uh, I have seen I have seen every single one of of their highest grossing films. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Mutual Film Company, I think. Yeah, wow. I mean, hey, yeah, like here I am shitting on Mutual Film for making like eight fucking hugely successful <laughs> movies. What have I done with my life? <laughs> Certainly not that. So you know what? It's I retract my statement about Mutual Film Company. But we're right in, and oh boy, some tombs. We're in a tomb. There's a lady. She's trying to steal something. She's she's walking around. Yeah. She, she, could she be a tomb raider? Someone's <laughs> raiding a tomb? Yeah, the, the title would like... certainly suggest that. We have a very much like Indiana Jones, like ra- in terms oh, of like yeah. the, the temples and like um, raiders, like very much aesthetically uh, vibing with that. Um, but I would say that the main difference here is like A, that we have like um, a lady like uh, rolling around and B... Just a lot of very good flips and stunts, and like sort of suggesting like we might be doing like an Indiana Jones style thing, but there's gonna be more athleticism, which I think is probably you know a, a decent vibe for the movie. Yeah, like a flippy dippy Indiana Jones, I guess yeah. is how you could describe it. Gotta say, I kind of have to say, what is with the eye shots in these movies? Like the movie opens up with like we zoom out of like yeah. Angelina Jolie's eye, and then we have a false perspective because it turns out she's actually upside down, hanging from a rope in through the roof of a fucking cave. Then she drops off the rope, does two just so thoroughly unbelievable flips through the air before landing on the ground. Yeah, and I got to say, dude, straight away, point of remakeability obviously impossible obviously like <laughs> on ropes stunts yeah like stunts that just like are like obviously on fucking wires i really <laughs> think that like i don't i actually don't mind it so much as the vibe of this film of like her just doing like really really stupid shit in terms of really really stupid shit as well i think it's worth noting real quick that angelina jolie as she's strolling around this tomb has uh, a cool skull and crossbones uh, belt buckle on, and it's very, yep. very edgy and very much from Hot Topic, and I think it's a really a really clever design element to, like, throw into yeah. the movie. I mean, she's definitely edgy. Like, you yeah. got to wonder where they're going to yeah. go with her fashion sense in the remake. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the, the Alicia Vikander one. Like, you've got high hopes for it, right? Because it is Alicia Vikander who, mm. you know, it is Oscar winner Alicia Vikander, so I have high hopes that they're going to do something cool with it. She walks over, there's this little golden whatnot that she's trying to steal, apparently. Uh, but then, psych bitch, you thought, because it's actually a giant robot that breaks through a wall. And fucking, now she's fighting a big robot, she's flipping over debris, she's got those big guns and those sexy moves, she's jumping around, doing all kinds of stylish takedown maneuvers. Oh man, she does so many fucking pointless backfires. I know. Oh, dude. On her way away from this robot. She barrels the camera at one point as she loads her guns. It's very silly. Basically, like, she's br- brought a pillow down onto him and, like, ripped out some wiring and shit. And then she's, like, going for, like, the, the gold Watson. She's about to grab okay. it. And then, like, the fucking robot bursts up again. She turns yeah. around and is like, stop. And don't worry, like, okay, so it this, was a training montage. Yeah, it, it's a training bot, right? It's a training robot, which you probably put together because, like, why would there be a giant killer robot that says kill Lara Croft in this tomb? 
it's training, but it would be so much better if it wasn't. Like, imagine if there was, like, actually a tomb that she was raiding that actually had fucking these giant robo-guardians. Yeah. That would be so fucking sweet. Uh, but yeah, as it turns out, no, it was a training robot who just really wanted her dead. Because, like, let's be real, like, it was not pulling punches. Like, this no. training robot was coming at her with saws. She also did this stupid thing at one point in the fight that I've never really understood. Like, it happens in the Matrix also, where, like... They fire. She's firing guns at it whilst running directly at it. Like, yes. what is gained by that? Like, surely yes. you want to run away from it whilst well, shooting. And at like, it. surely your aim is going to be influenced. I mean, I, to be fair, she is wielding like a Kimbo hand cannon, so maybe that's yeah. not an issue. But just like, it does seem strange to like have a ranged weapon and then like deliberately remove the ranged yeah. advantage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she stops the Robo Boy dead in his tracks by telling him to stop. And then she gets out a little fucking fucking old school like sand disc fucking <sighs> what are they even called? Little like data disc fucking micro SD card. And she's um, not even micro a fucking SD card. <laughs> and she sticks it in the robot, and the robot's face changes from saying "Kill Lara Croft" to Lara's. Party mix, and I think either Kill Lara Croft or Lara's Party Mix is a pretty good title pitch. I think they're pretty good. I think the sound design for this movie is not very good because we are now oh. subjected to like the grimiest and worst like early two thousands like techno garbage. Yeah, it's dude, the two thousand one ass techno. Oh it's man, so boring and bland. It's the dude who's like, that's Lara's. Party mix, dude. Yeah, that's that. That she's like, here I go. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna get pumped up by listening to these really fucking boring like, shitty can tunes. You, can you actually imagine like raving or like partying at the time in which this was like club music and shit, dude? Like, because like, listen, clubbing's like not the best like a lot of the time. But like, can you imagine like going down like you like you're like. You had like a bunch of drinks with your friends. You're like heading out to the club, and you get in there, and everyone's losing their mind to like for like fourteen minutes, and you're just like, yes, yes, no build up, yes. In my mind, it kind of all looks like that one big scene um, in in the, the Matrix, Matrix 2. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Of course, the yeah. I feel the like or- I the orgy in Zion. Yeah, dude. For yeah, sure. I feel like I reference the Zion orgy a lot. I don't know if I do, but dude, I do in my like, life. It it it's was omnipresent like, in my mind. Seeing that was like life changing for me because I was like, yeah, of course. If like if there's an apocalyptic robo thing happening outside and you're humanity's <laughs> last survivors and you're trapped <laughs> in this cave, then I guess you're all gonna get sweaty and rave and the whole time that makes complete yeah. sense to me but there's not a robo apocalypse going out on outside there's a robo apocalypse going on inside because lara's in training and now she leaves the training chamber and we see she has a little tech boy who works for Man. her whose name i didn't actually catch oh dude um, let, let me tell you okay so we've got noah taylor back in the mix who's popped up a little yeah, bit yeah. like uh you know in charlie and chocolate factory and that sort of thing he is yeah, yeah. playing uh the computer scientist Bryce Turing, which is oh, maybe cool. a little bit little on the nose. On the nose. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, there's a few things. Okay, this, this will come up later, and I don't want to get too deep into it now. There are a few things in this movie that would feel so on the nose today, but that, like, 2001, it kind of doesn't seem that on the nose. Mm. Like, like, do you remember when they, they did Lost? Remember the, when they did Lost? Yeah, dude. And, and they had that physicist character, and they just called him, like, Faraday? Yeah, dude, yeah. And, like... He's, like, a real famous physicist? Well, and then, like, they had the, the dude that was, like, uh... Like, like... like a like, philosopher or, or, they called or, John yeah. Locke? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. John, John Locke, the philosopher, and shit like that. They're just kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. 
but at the time it was like I don't know I feel like I guess the internet wasn't so much of a thing and people on average didn't have access to as much random trivia true but true, anyway true. anyway uh, we've, we've all got the imitation game to thank for knowing about Alan Turing Ugh, yeah. so yeah she talks to Bryce Turing and he's like haha this robot was really gonna kill you but why did you shoot it and she's like because of that and then the butler comes in and is like here's some water and then she's like thanks and then she leaves and I don't think I missed anything important in that scene nope and then the film's like Okay, one of the pivotal scenes. We're going to spend a lot of time on this. And it's just Lara Croft in the shower for oh like my God, such an extended amount of time. It is there are ridiculous. So many, there are so many PG to M related shots of just yeah, like, like just it's like, above it's, chest, just like panning yeah. around. Like, oh Because it's God. not very graphic, right? No. But it is this prolonged steamy shower yes. scene. And yes. literally I was watching it and I was like, I cannot tell if this fits Lara Croft if this fits softcore pornography or if this fits a shampoo commercial. Because it was yeah. literally like it's very slow Garnier. camera pan down on Angelina Jolie's face while she flips her hair like in the water stream. Then different pan in from the side as she like splashes water on her face. Like it was just, it was very like, just strange. Mm. Her butler Henry comes in and is like, Oh, Lara, modesty, the name of the game. And there's some sort yeah, of bullshit I, um, dialogue there. I actually hate this guy. Yeah. I, I don't know really exactly why. Like, I guess he's being a bit of a shit in this scene, but I feel like he's kind of being ironic and she's kind of, like, having a joke with him. But for some yeah. reason, I just fucking hate this guy. Maybe it's his shit-eating grin. I don't know. I just... Mm. I don't like this butler. No, fair enough. She is, in fact, a lady. Lady Lara yes, Croft. Lady Croft. But, um, uh, Lara then, like, spins around and is like, I know, and, like, then just drops her towel uh, and just, like, roams around naked for a bit just to be like, haha, I don't give a fuck. In fact, you might say there are a few people in this movie who do that, and we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Walking around carefully hidden nudity. Carefully hidden nudity is, like, one of the hallmarks of this film. Of course, dude. We then cut from this... To a very strange, uh, mysterious scene in, I'm guessing, Venice. It, it's like a secret cult, basically, right? Yeah, like, very much secret the, cult vibe. There's like a big hole of all these old people sitting around, and someone's like, The planetary alignment nears! We must retrieve yeah. the key before it's, the end of the alignment! It's been five... Uh, the planetary alignment happens every 5,000 years. Um, it is I, such I, I, an I abrupt had a, cut. I had a title pitch here where, uh, like, with the key speaker just says, Brothers and sisters, today is the 15th of May! <laughs> Which I just thought was, like, <laughs> really funny. Like, you probably yeah. just did. I get that that's for us, but you don't yep. really need to, to be honest. Um, one thing as well is, like, like I, I understand, like, the whole, like, film language thing going on, but, like... Um, and we're seeing here, we're seeing an interaction between, or it looks like a council of this, like, weird cult or whatever, but all the council are sitting in a straight line. Yep. And just, does that always feel weird to you when you see that, when there's, like, a, like a meeting chamber, and someone will come in and address people, and there's, like, 15 to 20 people all sitting directly next to each other? Like, how do they converse? Like, I, I get yeah. it up to a point of, like, maybe, like, five or seven tops, right? But, like, beyond that, it's like, you just can't talk to anyone. They're doing, like, a telephone game thing. So, like, the main speaker, like, says something to the person next to him, and then, like, by the end of the line, like, it's all gotten all gobbled up. Of course, the person who is coming in to address this secret cult who are talking about a planetary alignment and a key they need to retrieve is Ian fucking Glenn yeah. from Game of Thrones, the most handsome man in the world. He's got black hair. I love Ian Glenn, dude. I, I don't know. I have a big affinity for Ian Glenn. I love Ian Glenn. I didn't love his character Manfred Powell. Which, no, I mean, fair, he is the villain. An, inc an incredible fucking name. Um, yep. 
There are uh, a lot of good names in this movie. Yeah, but yeah, Ian Glenn. Uh, uh, he's up in the mix. Bit of a Game of Thrones vibe happening at this point, having seen Noah Taylor and Ian Glenn. Um, yeah, yeah. He, so he walks up and he's like, hello, I'll get the key for you. And the cult is like, you must do it before the end of the two-week window, Mr. Powell. And he's like, yeah, no no prob. And then he and his little offsider walk out of the chamber and his offside is like, we're not ready, are we? And he's like, ha nope. <laughs> uh, but at this point, it's quite weird and spooky and like i don't know maybe kind of cool like we don't really know what's going on like we've literally yeah. just seen like a lara training and shower montage and then boom fucking smash directly into this weird ancient cult stuff it's like yeah. two separate movies happening at the same time anyway we're back in lara's house it's the next day i guess and uh the butler is his name henry did you say i believe i believe henry yes Henry walks in and is like, it's adventure time, which is a pretty good title pitch. Yeah. <laughs> he throws he throws a dossier down on her desk and is like, come on, let's do it, Lara, let's, let's get cracking. You're meant to go on a, a quest of some description. And she's like, don't you know what day it is, Henry? It's a sad day. We know it's the 15th of <laughs> yeah, May. We're very <laughs> aware of the date. Turns out the 15th of May is the day of her father's death. And she goes to visit Lord Croft's tomb. And we see my first mighty goof for this movie. The marker for Lord Croft gives the date of his disappearance in the American month-day-year designation. But the British use the day-month-year designation. So how do you feel about that, Jackson? Ooh. Hollywood fucked up their continuity for the sake of their audience. They, oh, honestly, they probably just at no point considered they were doing it in Britain. Uh, they probably just assumed the entire time they were doing it in the States and like, no yeah, one really yeah. checked him on it. So she says that her father would have loved to see the planetary alignment. Uh, I guess that the full planetary alignment for the first time in 5,000 years is going to result in the, a full solar eclipse. Yeah. Not really... I mean, okay, just, just to clarify, like, I'm not going to go on too much about this because it does not matter. The planets will never actually fully align <laughs> yeah. because they sit in, like, different axes of tilt with respect <laughs> to fucking the, galact- the the solar system's, like, plane. So uh, it, it can't happen. But at, at any rate, uh, apparently this is something that they've been talking about, like, her whole life. There's, like, a dream where the, her dad is like, oh, yes, the 5,000 years. Perfect timing for young Lara Croft. And, like, I don't know. Apparently this has been something that she's been aware of, right? Right? Yeah. It's the same thing that was being talked about in that spooky hole. This big planetary alignment is kind of like the central, I don't know, time frame plot device for this movie. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so we we, we see a shot of her asleep and like kind of like tossing and turning. We can see this like sort of light coming from this crate and then her talking with her dad. Her dad, who is fucking John Voight, by the way. Her actual dad. Angelina Jolie's actual dad, John Voight, plays Lara Croft's dad. (laughs) Like, which I always find fun when, like, actors play, like, their actual, like, familial role with each other. You know what I mean? Like, is, I, I just think it's so John interesting. Is John Voight Lara Croft? Yeah, dog. Angelina Jolie's actual dad? Yeah, dog. John Voight is Angelina not... Jolie's actual dad. His actual, hu- actual human that. dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's very cool. Now, I want to say, like, obviously I know who John Voight is, but yeah. out of sheer sure, sure curiosity, I wanted to play a very specific where is he now with John Voight, just because I kind of want to know what he's up to. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. I, I want to see what, what John Voight's been doing with the last few years. I feel like I've seen him in something recently. <laughs> Let me tell you what John Voight's been doing in the last couple of years. Yeah, dog. John Voight did a movie called... Well, obviously he was in Baby Geniuses, right? Obviously. Yeah, okay. And then in 2004, he was in Super Babies, colon, Baby Geniuses 2. Okay. <laughs> which oh. I haven't seen. I don't know if you have. 
Um, no. But Jackson, no. it gets better because Mr. Jonathan, P- Professor Jonathan Voigt, uh, proceeded to appear in Baby Geniuses and the Mystery of the Crown Jewels, oh. <laughs> Baby Geniuses and the Treasure of Egypt, no. and 2015's <laughs> Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby. <laughs> the Space Baby? Yeah, dude, none of those last three movies, for what it's worth, have Wikipedia pages. They are all black titles on Wikipedia. Oh, man. Direct-to-video releases. Look, Baby I Geniuses. mean, he's, he's got regular work, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, he's in Baby Geniuses. He's also in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them as Henry Shaw Sr. I don't remember that. Well, it looks like he has some, some work coming up in uh, 2019's Roe v. Wade, an American historical production where he's going to play... Wow, this movie, dog. Woof. Woof. He's oh, playing no, Warren E. Burger. It? it this movie about abortion rights stars Yeah, Milo Yiannopoulos as David Sofa. That's interesting. Holy sh what? And Joey Lawrence from Melissa and Joey. Okay. <laughs> it's called Roe v. Wade. Honestly, my mind is just pretty much all wrapped up in baby geniuses and the space baby right now. That makes I sense. I really have to see that movie. <laughs> Doesn't look like John Voight is in Baby Geniuses 1. No. That's Christopher Lloyd, he's, dude. He's in... Uh, <laughs> as we all know, it's in both of their long-standing Hollywood yeah. contracts that they can never work together. <laughs> look, we really have to move on. We've spent too long wondering about the, the vagaries of John Voight's career because now Lara's waking up after having a dream with her John Voight dad who said that this whole 5,000-year eclipse thing is her destiny and she needs to go do something about it. Mm-hmm. She stumbles around her own home in a state of abject confusion before deciding to smush a big hole underneath her own banister. Uh, because apparently there's a secret compartment inside her own house that she didn't know about up till this moment. Mm-hmm. And inside the secret compartment, she finds a chest, inside which she finds an old clock boy. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's the box from the dream. She's literally woken up, walked downstairs, and just, like, bashed on in. She then wakes up Bryce, who refuses to sleep inside, even though yeah, there's, Yeah, now, she like, makes Bryce live in a van? Well, she, no, she, importantly, she doesn't make him. She, in fact, has offered on numerous occasions now, apparently, uh, that he should sleep inside in one of, like, the 83 rooms. When did we get that? Uh, okay, dude, you must have seen a different copy of the film. Let me explain, like, the full version to you. Um, (laughs) uh, no, she just comes down and is like, why must you sleep out here in this van? There's, like, 83 Uh, rooms in this house. And he's like, oh, you know, my own space, da-da-da-da. Anyway, uh, and then they, like, they rush on inside, uh, to check out this mm -hmm. clock. Um, and he's looking through the clock with some big fucking, like, endoscope type dealie like you would use to look down someone's throat if you were a surgical doctor. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's, like, poking around in it, and then there's this, like, glowing red light inside. Mm. And she's like, well, what the fuck's that? And he's like, alright, let's disassemble it. And this fuck fucking pissed me off so much. Like, he's now carefully disassembling this clock, he's taking all the screws out, he's, like, making sure he knows where they all come from in the clock. He's, like, 80% of the way done taking yeah. it apart. And Lara picks up a hammer and just smashes it the fuck apart. Like, why? Why did you have him take it apart if you just wanted to break it? Why did you wait so long into the disassembly procedure? He was nearly done. Like, you don't know what's inside the thing. It might be really fragile. As we later learn, spoiler alert, these shits can be broken by sheer application of force. She's just fucking hitting it with a hammer. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, dude. But anyway, listen, Lara just doesn't give a fuck, and that's 
that's her whole vibe. Um, she she declares, yeah, she she declares that it's camouflage. Smashes open with a hammer, finds this very strange artifact, and then just yeah. bails to an auction. She does say it's like the all-seeing eye. She's yes. like, oh, this looks like an all-seeing eye, and my dad liked those. Anyway, now we get a very cool bike scene. I'm actually very into this. Like, Lara riding around on the bike in her fucking Terminator leather jacket and yeah, sunglasses. Dude. A lot she of looks such in this strong, movie. T- such strong Terminator vibes. Yes, yeah, such a look. Fucking, the bike riding was a little too short, but don't worry, there's more of it later. And yeah, now she's at an auction. She walks in, she waves at someone up on, like, the podium, and the auctioneer takes it as a bid and is like, <laughs> 2.4 million pounds for the lady. And she just looks so unconcerned, like, barely concerned, that she's now bid 2.4 million pounds accidentally on something that she doesn't even know what it is. And it's like, oh Christ, is it gonna go to her? You kind of think it is, but then some other lady in the audience bids 2.5 million. But, like... How rich is she meant to be? Yeah. That 2.4 million pounds barely registers concern on her face. You've got to think it's at least, like, getting towards the billies, yeah? Like, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, even a billion dollars, that's, like, an appreciable fraction of your wealth. <laughs> Although it's, it's, it's hard to know how much she's worth, like, currently, and, like, how much of it is, like, you know, income she's expecting and that sort of thing. And, and you got to remember, this is pre-GFC, so... Of course, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably, bye, bye, yeah, bye. She's probably rolling in it. Um, so, yeah, she meets uh, 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 Mr. Wilson, who's up on stage, and she goes over to, like, sort of, like, speak with him and, like, have him appraise the all-seeing eye. As she's doing that... She bumps into one, uh, Alex, Alex West, played by, played by uh, Daniel Craig, with a okay. very dangerous accent. Alright, let's think about the people who are in this fucking movie, mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. Ian Glenn, Daniel Craig, of course Angelina Jolie, John Voight. Fucking all-star cast, dude. Like, mm-hmm. an all-star cast is always highly remakeable. Now, I understand at this point in time, they may not have been all-stars. But in retrospect, that's a fucking pretty huge cast. Yeah, it's a pretty banging cast, dude. Did I miss anyone? I think that's kind of the whole cast. I think that's the main vibe. And, of course, Noah Taylor. Of course, Noah Taylor. He's like, you know, yeah, he's very good. I'm into Noah Taylor. Yeah, so she has a chat with a pleasing American accent, Daniel Craig, who's like, Lara, so nice to see you. I'm here to acquire antiquities. And, I feel uh, like I we know, can't like, gloss over how bad this American accent is, though. Like, I, like yeah. everyone I mean, else in the film was gets just away. <laughs> yeah, yours, that's what I mean. Yours was <laughs> so much better, and that was just off the dome, dude. This dude got paid yeah. for this movie, and it is like, every time <laughs> every time he speaks, it's like actually painful how bad this accent is, and how unnecessary it was for him to be American. What had Daniel Craig done at this point in his career? Like, had he had he already done Layer Cake? I don't think Layer Cake was out yet. Mm. Uh, yeah, Lake X three years later, like, I don't know, I don't think he was really famous yet, like, I don't think he was really on the so, radar at this so point. So why not get just an American, right? Like, well, it's bizarre. Yeah. If it's so not like def- he's really bringing anything. No. Things he'd done before. I Dreamed of Africa, Hotel Splendid, Some Voices, The Trench, Elizabeth, a bunch of shit. Like, nothing you've, nothing you've heard of. So, uh, she basically, there's, there's some, like, sort of tension between Alex and Lara, um, implying some sort of bad blood over a a previous, like, working deal. Lara's pretty much, like, kind of like, ah, go fuck yourself, like, how dare you 
get out of my face, I'm out of here. And she heads upstairs yep. with Wilson to appraise the eye. He's like, oh boy, an old fine clock. Because I guess even though she broke the clock apart, the eye itself is still kind of a clock in itself. Yeah. It's like counting, they realise it's counting down, not up. Oh gee, I wonder to what? I wonder if it's that fucking once oh, every 5,000 year alignment that you've been talking about it's all so movie. weird. Like, it, it, well, as soon as the alignment started, it started ticking. And it looks like it's counting yep. down to something. I don't yeah. know, man. Mm. Beats me. Jeez. Oh, can I say, can, dude, I yeah. really dig Mr. Wilson in this scene. He's just this, like, very genteel old British man. And at one point he's like, would you like some port? It's very fine. And he picks up this old dusty bottle of port. But he's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you more. That clock of yours is truly a mystery. I really dug it, man. See, I thought he was trying to poison her with the port. And, like, because the way he acts, he looks at this all-seeing eye very clearly is aware of it and very clearly has fallen immediately in love with it. And I was like, is this motherfucker about to kill Lara Croft or try to? Um, which d- doesn't take place. Uh, they, uh, she bails back home and then uh, Wilson gives her a phone call. Yeah, where... he even figures it out and tells her about it. Well, no, but what he does is he sets up a meeting with Manfred. Um, yeah. And then uh, at the end of the phone call is just kind of like, I'm sorry. Like looking at a photo of Lara's dad, so I think he, I think Mr. Wilson, sweet Mr. Wilson, sweet genteel Mr. Wilson, has very much betrayed our protagonist. Yeah, so I definitely like after the first sort of encounter with him and like him trying to at least be helpful. I was like edging towards MVP territory. I was like, all right, all right, probably a symptom of how few and far between they are in this movie. Yeah, yeah but then yeah. Uh, as he betrays Lara and sets up this meeting with uh, Ian Glenn's Mr. Powell, I had to sort of quickly whip it away. Unfortunately, yeah. so we're still. MVP-less at this point in the movie. Yes. Now, it's it's good to know that, that Lara, despite being so rich, still microwaves her own dinner, which is very relatable. Yeah. Uh, but she cooked it. She really over-microwaved yes. it, and she had to throw it in the bin. Yeah, there you go. That's... That's what happens in that I can scene. also say, like, at one point, like, because she's on the phone and, like, saying goodbye to Wilson, and he's like, I'm sorry. Um, and then, like, we hear this, like, bang, and then Lara's like, bugger. And then goes to the microwave and takes out this exploded meals. I thought, like, someone in the room had fucking, like, iced Mr. Wilson and, like, blown his yeah, head yeah, up. Yeah, I, mean, I think he was supposed to. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was the point of having Yeah, for fucking, sure, for sure. Yeah. But it, it was just so bizarre. It's like a, what was that? What What were you trying to do there? Like, is it, like, like away from just, like, surprising the audience... What yeah. what are you trying it's to like set a, up? It's, it's essentially a jump scare. Yeah. Now Lara goes to meet Mr. Powell, she was told to meet Mr. Wilson, and it's Mr. Powell, and we meet Mr. Pims, who oh, is Mr. Dude. Powell's offside. I love this guy's attitude, dude. A real positive can-do attitude. <laughs> and he's so, like, charmingly awkward. He's like, hello, I'm Mr. Pims. Yeah, <laughs> like the drink. <laughs> like I'll the take beverage. you through to me, master, now. <laughs> oh, it's so good, dude. Like, all this, like, like stupid, like, British silliness like that's remakeable that's yes. gotta be in the remake don't get me wrong i love us of a bit of ian glenn i do think like the bit of silver he's got going on has very much helped him because his whole aesthetic here makes him kind of look like a man that was like sculpted from slime rather than clay in some sort of way oh yeah he, he also looks kind of like an underworld vampire yes he looks very life. much like an underworld vampire it's very yeah. len wiseman the whole vibe definitely his his um his age has only improved his charm I mean, he's 17 years on like you know, a like a fine wine dude man. Um, so, yeah, exactly. uh, Manfred is there talking with Lara, they're sort of bantering back and forth, he's looking at he, the... He's quite smooth. Yeah, he's, so he's told her that he's a lawyer with a particular fascination in clocks, 
um, but that he doesn't know what this one is. Uh, he says such title pictures for me as this is a pleasurable torment, and um, <laughs> and my ignorance amuses me, which is just he also like, said something else. Like, he'd never seen something quite so beautiful that he couldn't understand. And then yeah. he looks up at Lara and they yeah. kind of like ca- the smile at each like, other. The camera's just, like, on Lara's face, like, being like, mm, are they gonna fuck? And just like, alright, like... Yeah, because Lara Croft has to have that interaction with every male character in the movie at she some point. She can do so much better than a man made of slime. Like, a literal yeah. man made of slime. She can do so a, much better. A literal better. vampire. Yeah. A literal undead <laughs> man from the underworld. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and she goes back home, and we're relieved to find that Lara's not buying a shit one bit. She's talking to her crew, her butler, and um, uh, the other guy, Turing, yeah. and yeah, she's Bryce basically like, idea. "Yeah, she's like, he's full of shit. I don't trust him. Fucking, he's making it up. He does know something about the clock, and that's cool. She still doesn't know anything about the clock, but at least she's not immediately sucked in by slime boy. Uh, Everyone yeah, goes to bed. Bryce is like, except uh, for Lara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Bryce is like, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing. I'm going back home. I'm gonna listen to my music." <laughs> Um, and then we get I'm gonna he- put my tunes in. Oh, and like you better believe he's blasting such bullshit techno. Um, and so <laughs> Bri- yeah, Bryce is off doing that. Uh, Henry is like, "Don't stay up too late, Lady Croft." Oh, I hated him. I hated that so much. I don't know why. I just fucking this guy oversteps. He oversteps yeah. his mark. So he he heads to bed, and then Lara's just in there, just like fucking swinging around Dude. her house, like just like Dude, bouncing talk- around in the middle of this like gigantic like and- hallway. It's important to specify what you mean by that. She's rigged up like a fucking Cirque du Soleil-esque, yeah. like, rope trapeze rig. And she's just doing, like, a big fucking bounce around on these bungee cords in, like, the middle of her hallway. I guess this is how she chills out, which, like, yeah, if you've really got the space, like, fuck yeah. This <laughs> looks fucking fun as hell. But talk about obviously on wires stunts, am I right? Yes, <laughs> She's very Jesus. clearly on wires in this scene. So a strike funny. team starts moving in on Lara's place. Okay. If only Bryce wasn't hitting the beat so fucking hard, he could have paid yeah. a bit more attention to what was happening. Um, because yeah, as this te- as the techno bursts uh, bursts onward, uh, this whole team like just bursts through the uh, or uh, crashes through the windows uh, and like the skylights of this house, and Lara's just there without a weapon, just with her like whole rope set up, and just has to like set about like trying to beat the shit out of all these people just using her fists as they're firing at her with assault rifles. Of course, Lara immediately jumps into kick-ass first and ask questions later mode, mm-hmm. which I'm very into. Mm-hmm. She's flipping around, like, fucking using these, like, springy bungee cords to, like, jump through the air and kick people and shit. She kicks a dude so hard, he, like, breaks a metal, uh, a, a fucking a stone balustrade and, like, goes tumbling into another guy. It's fucking extremely good. I, I really enjoyed these fight scene. I, this fight scene. I, I gotta say, though, that thing where, like, they do an action shot, like, someone breaking through a window, and then they repeat the same thing, like, that's just so dated. It's, like, three different angles of a guy going through a window. I really don't think that that's necessary. In general, I really enjoyed this fight. It was fucking pretty fun. I, I guess they're going after the, the, the eye, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're, here for, they're here for the eye. Henry hears what's going on, and so he carefully dresses himself and loads a shotgun to come join in. Um, oh man, yeah. All right, I did quite like that. Yes, like, I, I fucking, like, fucking, I fucking love this dude. Like slowly Alfred strapping body armor Batman to him. Butler? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, fucking comes out with a pump shotgun. <laughs> we then Lara chases him down to a garage uh, where, where all the cars someone are. Someone shuts shuts down like the lab where the eye is. Like someone yes. drops the grate on it, but we then see like these like SWAT boys like fucking trying to weld their way through it. 
So Lara heads down to the garage to like sort of <clears throat> break through this team. Uh, still doesn't have have a chance to grab her weapons because as she's going to reach for them, like the like the uh, the shock troops like bust in. So she's hiding down there. But don't worry, uh, she uses a compressed air gun to fire tools oh. as improv weapons. MVP. Dude. This was fucking sick. I'm so here oh, for it. I definitely put down improvised weapons as a remakeability point. Kind of like, did you ever play Fallout Three where you could make that trash gun, that gun that shoots yeah, trash? Yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. This very much gave me those vibes. I fucking love the idea of like, oh, what am I going to put in my gun? A screwdriver, and then launching a screwdriver harder to oh, do. I find that so very sick, funny. dude. Bryce is on comms and like being her eyes for her, um, and like not and doing also being the best job. Proxy. Yes, very much audience proxy. Just constantly. He's just commentating. commentating. Yeah. He's just like, oh, you got him! Oh, damn! Wow! Like, again, an Australian playing an, an Englishman here as well. It's like they assembled the cast that they wanted and then, like, rotated all the accents, like, one to the left and was like, yeah, yeah okay. fucking go for it. I don't know. So, a great question is why does Daniel Craig's character need to be American? Like, is that something from the source material? And if so, like, is it enough of a thing from the source material that people would have been mad if he was just yeah. British? <laughs> like, what is gained? Anyway, I love when Noah Taylor smacked the desk and go, oh, bugger! Yeah. Very, yeah. very forced, very funny sounding, and such a title pitch. Just, oh, bugger! The strike team have got the, the eye. She's Dude, gone. are we going to gloss over the fact that she makes probably the most disrespectful takedown in the movie, which is where she gets on her motorbike and she's oh riding it God, through the garage. Dude. And there's this one guy at the far end of the garage who like steps out to try and stop her. She jams hard on the brakes. So the bike goes up on like a fucking front wheelie. And then she like spins it around. So the back wheel smacks the dude <laughs> in the face. It's like the most disrespectful yeah. <laughs> way to take somebody out. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh man. Yeah, no, it's very good. Like her stunt her stunt work here, like admittedly, like a lot of ropes going on, but like Yeah, I'm yeah. deeply into Lara Croft's plays in this scene. Yeah, it's very for good. sure. Um so yeah, the strike team get the all seeing eye and get the fuck out of there. Um Lara gets out there to survey the survey the situation. She whips around with like a machine pistol and then like nearly uh, kills Henry. Uh and Henry's like, Yep, they're all gone, it's only us there, and like totally plays it down. And I was like, Man, what fucking commitment to his job. Like, a strike yeah. team burst down there. He clearly doesn't have proper military training, so he's like, Well, I better put on some body armor and like grab a shotgun, I guess, and like try and help out. Like He had kind of like Alfred vibes. I said yeah, I for sure. Yeah. So now we get a shot of the SWAT boys bringing the eye that they stole into Pal, who doesn't even look up from his meditation. I gotta say, dude, this is the beginning of some characterization as, of Pal as a dude who just loves to fucking chill. Yeah. Like, all he wants to do is fucking chill. He's sitting there, he's looking like Sting meditating on some tantric shit, and uh, yeah, that, that's it. Get Your Freak On is just playing in the background as the crew are cleaning up the mansion, oh, which I actually... <laughs> I really, really, really dig it. It's actually a very strong mood, and I'm into it in a big way. Uh, so this delivery boy from what fucking UPS comes in is like, I'm looking for a Mishlara Croft, yeah? And she's like, oh yeah, hello, mate. And he's looking around at all the wreckage, and he's like, blooming hell, what happened here? And she's like, I woke up this morning and I just ate at everything. 
Which is, you know, pretty silly, but that's her yeah. explanation for why the place is all smashed the fuck up. She could have just been like, we were robbed. Like, the UPS guy doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Why does she have to be like, oh yeah, nah, it was me. I blew everything up because I'm crazy like that. The package that she received is a letter from her dad from the past. <gasps> like a Back to the Future thing. <laughs> like like at the end of Back to the Future yeah, 2. Yeah, when dude. he gets the letter from the past. <laughs> Fucking, um, do you remember that movie, man? Dude, do I... Yes. Do, yeah. Dude, yes. Back to the Future, yes, I, dude. Yes. I hope they remake Back to the Future. I, like... Back to the Future was such a vibe for me it's so as a good. young teen. It's so, so I, good. I just, yeah. I really, really, really hope it happens. Lara's dad, John Voight, and Angelina's real dad, John Voight, um, uh, basically <laughs> details the whole vibe that's been happening in regards to, like, the planetary alignment... Um, is telling her the whole story about this, like, this triangle of light that they're getting so through. much exposition. There's, it's all exposition. There's a uh, title pitch for me here where he says, the magic triangle I told you about when you were a girl. I think that's just sort of like a fun, <laughs> a fun title pitch. I, I, um, I love the fact that they couldn't name it better than the magic triangle. Yeah, like, they didn't like, even fucking try. He's yeah. literally like, okay, so there was this magic triangle that controlled time, and the city of night, the people worshipped it because it was the triangle of light. But then it blew up, and so it was too powerful, so they broke it apart like the Triforce, and then they put it on two opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Or, as we later learn, Cambodia and Siberia, definitely not on opposite sides of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose the point of the movie now is that it's a double fetch quest, but it can only be completed during the planetary alignment. For some yeah. reason, the two halves of the magic triangle of light are, yeah, just hi- hidden in space as well as time, now, which is a now, very fun concept. I gotta throw an LVP to Lara's dad here, because like in the letter, he basically calls her out being like, you've got no time, you've gotta go right now, hurry up, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. Like, yep. You- just send the letter a year in advance. You know the planetary yeah. alignment is coming. Like, and then just be like, yeah. "Hey, don't worry. You got a couple of months to plan this all out. Like, do some research and you're, shit like that. Like, just irresponsible." Dude, you you are dead right. I didn't even fucking think about that. That is, yeah, because the whole point is that, like, at the start of the letter, he's like, "If you're receiving this letter, it means I'm dead and that I fucked up." Because, like, I guess he was like planning to stop it, but he, this was like a failsafe in case he couldn't, yeah. you know, survive to reach the alignment. He had this letter to be delivered to Lara so she could finish the quest for him. Which, by the way. A quest passed down through a familial line, like an ancient family quest, is a highly makeable element. Very makeable. It's it's a very makeable element. Now, alright, we have to address this. Remember what I said before about how some things just seem a little on the nose in this 2001 ass movie? Yeah. The secret cult that Powell works for yeah. is the Illuminati, yes. right? Like, it's the yes. fucking Illuminati! Yes. Yes, the Imagine making eye, this yes. movie now... Post-internet culture and calling your secret cult the Illuminati. Like, they couldn't make up their own fucking secret society. They use the actual Illuminati. It's too much. Dude, yeah, I, I, I got to this, like, later on, but, like, man, like, Anything to do with the Illuminati has been ruined by millennials, but like, like quite, yeah. quite sincerely, <laughs> like, like, like you just can't like because they're always like conspiracy videos about like the all-seeing eye and like always like yeah. fucking like speech-to-text sort of predictive sort of text fucking readers. But like, you just say the Illuminati you know is, now, dude. and you're like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a joke. Like the Illuminati yeah. is an internet meme now. Like, it literally, like you could not make this oh, movie the same today. Dude, that being said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing us that he didn't exist. Maybe the that's greatest the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing us that he was a meme. Yeah. 
Like, maybe, dude. Maybe. Because we're all Satan here being like, Illuminati, that's dumb. Ha 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 But maybe, dude. Just maybe. I'm into Satan rolling around on a hoverboard with his fidget spinner in his vape. Like, being like, Hello, Okay, I mean, who me. isn't into that? You can't just say three very good things and be like, that's my vibe. That's everyone's vibe, Benjamin. A cool teen millennial Satan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why not... S- <laughs> Listen, I'm all about Satan for teens, you know? Like, can we actually get a Satan for teens? I'm rebranding the church yeah. so it's relevant in the modern day. You know, yeah. we talk about this all the time. This is one yeah, of my life's passions. Yes. And I think the way you do it is you put Satan on a hop. <laughs> I think that's cool, dude. Listen, what do I know? But I think that's really cool. Oh, Christ. Okay. A retrospective LVP to the writers who just couldn't be fucked making up a secret society. (laughs) So they just went with the Illuminati. So let's address the fact that there's some... It could have been the cult of Kronos or something like that. It would have been so easy. Jackson, Jackson, it could have been anything. It could have, like, this is a fictional magic world. They can do what the fuck they want. And they were like, what about the Illuminati? Do you think they'd all just read the the fucking Dan Brown Da Vinci Code? Yeah, dude. Like, what the fuck? When did the Da Vinci Code come out? Actually, was it? Jackson, was that when did o- the Da Vinci Code come out? Was it like 03? It is. Do you think, okay, maybe Dan Brown was doing Man. a Lara Croft thing. Yeah, maybe he was like, the Illuminati, huh? I want to know more about them. Let's address the fact that there is some, I don't know, maybe, maybe like, you know, same same criticism could be levied to a lot of Indiana Jones, some, like, very dated, like, colonial mysticism shit going yes. on here. Where it's yes, like, yes, yes, yeah, very important to get to temples of the- yeah. Her dad's letter is like, remember I told you that there was one temple in the world in which Jasmine grows? Which is just <laughs> fucking bullshit. But anyway, but anyway, he's that, like, find know, that and you'll find one half of the triangle. And so she's now going to Cambodia. place in Cambodia. Yeah. And, dude, she just, like, looks to the side to a portrait of herself, like, in the army and is like... <laughs> I've got some friends that can get me into Cambodia. And I love how much of her life is just alluded to in this movie. Yeah. Like, you really get this picture. This is something I actually really dig like, about this movie. And similar in Indiana Jones. You get this picture that, like, this is just one of many adventures that Lara Croft totally, has. Totally. Like, this is, like, one of her several cool things that she does this year. And I fucking really dig that. So she gets airlifted into Cambodia by her former military friends. We spend yes. all of 15 seconds worrying about it. And then, boom, we're in Cambodia. I like the fact that this movie is not fucking around. I like, kind of like the fact that it doesn't really give you time to, like, dwell on shit that happens. Yes. Like, it's just constantly going. Yeah. Like, it's yep. just, like, yeah. fucking nonstop. Because well, you're like, wait, what's happening? And you're like, oh, there's another a- there's another set piece, another action scene. All right, whatever. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll get back to this plot in a few minutes. Um, we also get here, uh, so... Lara tracks down the temple and Manfred Powell... Again, dude, Manfred Powell... Just reclining on a shit. Oh my lounge. god, this fucking dude, <laughs> he's dude. Just like, he's fucking what chilling. is his vibe? He spends so much of the movie just like lazing around. Anyway. He loves to chill. He's yeah. meditating. He's reclining. Later he does more chill shit. <laughs> I kinda <laughs> dig it. Yeah, listen, yes, it's, Daniel it's, Craig it's a, is here too. It's a definite vibe, yeah. Alex West, that's played by Daniel Craig, is here now. He's working with them. Um, and basically we get here a, sh- a short scene where they are talking. <laughs> They're talking about the fact that, like, the first, fa- sorry, the second phase of the alignment is coming soon. 
And so they need yep. to get in there to like press the key slash the all seeing eye uh, to get like the first uh, half of the triangle. And so he's like, yeah. listen, we've got 70 minutes. We've got to get in there now, make it happen. And so Daniel Craig, yeah. as Alex West, just goes to like, they have all these like workers w- with them that are pulling at these ropes. He grabs just a place in one of the ropes and is like, come on! And then through that is able. That's all they needed. They were missing like like it's like the like the straw that broke the camel's back. They were missing shirtless Daniel Craig. The exact amount of force required, like the exact amount of leverage needed, was one Daniel Craig just like one pulling at the rope. Please, please, Jackson, do not ignore the fact that he's shirtless in this scene. So Lara, yeah, gets in a truck and heads on over. Uh, she arrives at the temple just as they break into it, I guess, and we get a very fun title pitch from, uh, it's really a combined effort between Powell and Weston, because Powell says, out of the belly of the beast, and Weston says, yeah, and into the demon's ass, which, not really sure why, but out of the belly of the beast and into the demon's ass, that's a pretty good title pitch. Was it? That being said. Was it into the belly of the beast and out of the de- the demon's asshole? I thought it was the other way around. Let me quickly I- just pull it up. Because I think <laughs> you're implying very different things. <laughs> yeah, okay, you are right. It is into the belly of the beast and out of the demon's ass. Yeah. Either way, I feel like, I feel, like Dan- I feel like Daniel Craig being like, and into the demon's asshole is like a bit much for this movie. Where they're trying not to show blood or anything for him to be yeah. like, yeah, anal sex with like a, like a, a demon of the night. Like, but dude, he does say out of the demon's ass. Like that is still like literally all that changed is the preposition. <laughs> yes. Um, that being said, yeah, LVP to the director for making Daniel Craig say those things with his British mouth. <laughs> so Lara meets a little girl who's like, hello. She picks up some jasmine and she falls in a tomb. And I gotta wonder, because she's hanging on a vine, did Angelina Jolie just, like, have something about swinging on ropes in her contract? Because there's been, like, a lot of it. Because, like, this is, like, the first, you know, like, I don't know, tomb trap that she gets yeah. into. Arguably some of the worst footage of the movie is these very quick shots of Angelina Jolie very, very clearly not actually falling, just standing with her arms raised as, like, the camera drops down to give the impression of her falling. Can you please go... <laughs> Benjamin, I need you to look at this again because it is okay, okay. painful. <laughs> okay, that is a little gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> that fall scene but also just like not convincing at all like you look at it and you're like I can I can see all these shots what are you doing <laughs> so now she's swinging around on these ropes as I guess her contract stipulates that she must or maybe they just weren't very imaginative about the kind of perils you can encounter in dungeons but the important thing to note is she's in the temple along with the boys the mm-hmm. boys walk in and uh, Pal is like, what we're looking for is hidden in both space and time, which is some pretty crazy quantum physics shit, and I just watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, so let me tell you, that's right on my brain. <laughs> I'm really digging it. I'm thinking they're going to phase down into the quantum realm and really just yeah, see what happens dude. down there. They're walking around. They've got the... I, I, so I guess, right, to break it down, the, the point of this is that, like, the all-seeing eye slash the clock her dad has is, like, the key that needs to be pressed into the right place in the temple at the right time mm, so mm. that the one half of the triangle will will reveal itself. Yes. And they're all walking around like, hmm, hmm, where could it be? Like, trying to solve this puzzle. She comes in and she's like, hey, and the fucking SWAT team that's with them just 
immediately unload bullets randomly towards fucking Lara Croft. Like, LVP to the team for such a just disturbing lack of discipline and control. But also, like, but also, like, sound. they're in a temple sort of thing, like, like surely they'd be yep. like, maybe we shouldn't, like, if this is important, we shouldn't shoot the joint yep. up, like, dude, it is so stupid, like, it's literally like, she's like, hello, and it takes Western being like, whoa, 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 calm the fuck down, and meanwhile, like, we get this scene where they're all kind of bantering, trying to decide what they're gonna do, because, like, basically, Powell and Weston, like, think they found the eye where they need to place the clock, and Lara's like, no, you haven't, I found the true eye where the fucking clock needs to go, or you'll fuck it up, and they're like, you're bluffing, and she's like, well, we could always just try it your way, and then have to wait <laughs> 5,000 years, and they're like, you just don't want it to have it, she's like, no, of course I want you to have it, so I can steal it myself. Now, arguably, there is a certain school of thought to say... Lara just shouldn't let them get it, right? Yes. Like, if, if the whole... Okay, there are a few problems with this, because, like, the, the, if the whole thing is that, like, she's just trying to stop anyone from having this fucking clock, uh, like, this triangle that will give them absolute power, which is what the Illuminati want, like, she could just destroy the key when she had it. Like, she had the all-seeing eye. Just break that, and then, like, no yeah. one can get it. Yeah. Or... Like, yeah, anyway, we'll come back to this later. But basically, they banter, banter, banter. It's very silly. They eventually agree that they're going to give they're gonna give it to Lara because well, she the, the, they, they agree as there's, like, three seconds left. And then yep. fucking, like, Manfred Pal just, like, pegs it. Let me tell you, a lot of this movie relies on people being able to throw it first time with, like, perfect accuracy. But he, like, this... pe- he, like pegs the all-seeing eye to her. She spins around, presses it into place. From across the room, we just see this, like... There's this giant statue with this like almost like green goo, Jackson. A green goo, if you will. Yeah, there's a lot of green goo going on. The goo then like <laughs> sort of like vanishes and like this burning light comes out of it. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I do have another mighty goof for you. Okay. Which is that so basically they're standing there having this little standoff that Lara ends up winning, and Alex is counting down, and every time he stops his counting down, he like says a few words and then comes back in on the countdown wherever yeah. he got up to. Alex is counting down to get the first half of the triangle. He reaches 28 seconds. Lara then interrupts and has a conversation that lasts over 28 seconds. When Alex yeah. resumes his countdown, it begins at 12 seconds again. So you know what, Jackson? Time fool. <laughs> Fucking straight ignoring the reality of time, which is very on brand for this movie. Yes. But as you say, they eventually solve it. All this green goo disappears out of this urn. The light comes out. And then, I don't know, maybe I stop paying attention for a second, but it seems like... Yeah, so it seems like basically... Alright, this is the silliest thing about it. What placing the eye in place has achieved is releasing a magical log. And when I say a magical log, I mean a log. Because it doesn't seem to be in any way magical. It's just a big log that falls down from the ceiling on a trapeze and swings almost far enough so it pierces this, like, specific point on this urn full of green goo. Now... Why this needs to happen is beyond me. Surely they could just pierce the urn without using this big fucking log. Like, it, what does it actually do? Like, because there's so many things here where it's like, you know, the right piece to fit into the right place. But, like, it's literally, like, it's not like this whole log, like, goes through this, like, urn. It's like the tiniest little, like, imprint or touch. Uh, a- anyway, like, it happens. All, like, the, the, the goo, like, vanishes away. There's always, like, piercing light. This, like, black goop starts, like, pouring out. And then there's, like, half a triangle that's, like, hovering above the ground. And then as Manfred goes to reach for it, Laris uh, sweeps on down, grabs it, and then just gets the fuck out of the temple as quickly as you can. Yeah, now, it's important to note that as she's trying to get out of the temple, yeah, there's this weird, like, 
I guess it's kind of silvery grey, like mercury-esque goo pouring out of the ground and slowly infecting these different statues. Yes. And as it infects these statues, they do indeed come to life. Uh, this is getting... Alright. If I'm not mistaken, I might have missed something. This is the first, like, actual real-world magic that takes place in this movie, right? Like, I don't think there's been anything magical up to this point. Yes. Yeah. We suddenly go into overdrive from, like, weird mystical cult sort of stuff to being like, oh, no, straight-up actual, like, wizardry going on Actual magic, actual weird goo that inhabits the bodies of fucking statues and brings them to life. You gotta wonder, is this the first magic Lara's ever seen in her life? Is this the first magic fucking West and Powell have seen in their lives? Because nobody seems that shocked, TBH. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, occasionally when you raid tombs there's big statues that come to life yeah whatever and they all just start fighting them and no one's like oh my entire perception of reality has changed everyone's just like oh cool let's fight these statues which by the way (laughs) sure seem brittle as fuck there's some brittle brittle statues Lara just like shoots them they explode people like kick them and like their heads come off and it just doesn't seem like that big of a threat but Lara's in the middle of it, she steals the triangle, she's trying to get away, everyone else bails, like, out of the fucking, out of the place, as the giant Vishnu statue that was holding the urn of green goo comes to life. This is the big boy, it's facing off with Lara because she has the triangle, and she shoots it, and man, there is a moment, a fraction of a second, where the statue, like, looks down at where it's just been shot, with this, like, betrayed hurt surprise on its face and it was like it was so funny just that like half (laughs) split second of facial expression I had to give an MVP nomination to the motion cap actor who mo-capped the facial expression (laughs) or the graphic designer whoever was responsible for that half second of like I can't believe she shot me. It was just <laughs> fucking so good. Anyway, she's out of bullets as this Vishnu is moving towards her, but she, this was so weird to me. Like, the log, I guess, is still swinging, even though we haven't seen it swinging in this scene at all. Yeah. And she sees it coming in and jumps into it in such a way that she alters its trajectory so it swings into the Vishnu statue and just fucking crushes it. Which is pretty cool, but also very silly. We then see Lara, like, running from uh, like one more it's, it's more of like a, this is like more of like an angelic gargoyle sort of sca- uh, statue that's chasing her um, she's running out of the temple and it as they reach daylight this statue just crumbles as the rest of the camp looks around and sees her we, 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 we also get Manfred looking at her really like be- like that whole like begrudging respect sort of nod happening oh yeah like, dude mm, big time okay, cool. it's like well she did it now I gotta say dude I just want to clarify, like, the the IMDb community has a lot to say about this movie. (laughs) I've cherry-picked some good goofs. A lot of them are just people dunking on plot holes, which I think are kind of fair in a lot of instances. Like this one. When in the first tomb, Pal and his men all leave and let Lara fight the Vishnu statue on her own. However, Lara has the piece of the triangle they want, so why wouldn't they help her? (laughs) They'll just bail. She's got the triangle, and they're like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) Surely they'd be in there fighting for the triangle, but no. Uh, Alex West catches up to her, has a gun trained on her, 
Um, and she's very much like, what, are you going to shoot me? And then just, like, dives off this cliff, Dude, like, in, she, into, the, into the water. She flirts her way out, man. Yeah. Like, she literally just, like, gives Alex West a smug smile, and she's like, oh, Alex. And then fucking Assassin's Creed leap of fates off a waterfall. I also, I have to say here, dude, like, Daniel Craig is wearing maybe the worst costume I've ever seen in my entire life. These, oh, like, what's he wearing? These, like, notice. three-quarter length, like, cargo shorts and, like, a white singlet and this, like, little, like, yellow overshirt. Like, it's, it's I, rough, dude. I did notice that he was wearing cargo shorts a lot. Yeah, and I kind of thought that maybe that was like, well, we have to make Daniel Craig seem American. So what are Americans like? Cargo shorts. <laughs> they love cargo shorts. They do. <laughs> Let's put him in cargo shorts. And uh, now Benjamin. I mean, at this who, point, Jackson. Who who doesn't? Who, just before we do the thing yeah. you're about to do. Sorry, it's going to cut you off from your from your stupid thing to say my stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, who doesn't like shorts because they're comfortable and easy to wear? That's. T- <laughs> that's 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 true. That's a, a real real good goof there, Tyler. Yeah, let's do fucking taglines, dude. Let's just like not even fuck around right. anymore. Let's just dip right in. Yeah, look, we you you've been dragging your feet, dude. So I've really been dragging my feet. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, all right, uh, you know what it is. This time we got uh, three taglines coming up for you. Black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> three taglines from three different movies. One of them is this one. Um, okay. and then the other two are from different, uh, properties, franchises, and so on. Number one, heiress to a fortune, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> That's so nondescript! Number two. <laughs> number two. Take back the future. Number okay. three. Okay. Number three. Time is not important, only life is important. Oh boy. Okay, so the okay. All right. Here's where my head's at, dude. The last two actually deal with things that happen in the movie to a degree. I mean, like the last one, like no question, the last one makes the most sense as a tagline for that movie. Like, because it's ultimately about like the Illuminati are trying to get control of this triangle that will give them control of time. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like, yeah. I can see the time angle. I don't know about the middle one. And here's the thing. My gut is telling me very strongly to go with the first one for a few reasons. <laughs> Which is that, like, I have not been doing well trusting my logic in this game, ever. <laughs> we know this, right? Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah that's true. The, the last one makes the most sense. So mm. I'm going to go to the one that I think probably makes the least sense which is heiress to a fortune because that is quite possibly like whilst true quite possibly the least descriptive you could be of what happens in this movie whilst still saying something that is technically true about the movie (laughs) so i'm gonna go with heiress to a fortune now benjamin you've really spooked me out i'm not sure who you're with because you seem to have the all-seeing eye on this one benjamin (laughs) that is correct Um, yeah, for some reason, well that played. was one of the taglines of this movie, which is, what? like, just... I cannot like, believe that. Yeah, right? That makes How fucking no nuts. fucking sense. Yeah, like, yeah, but you're right. No, but you're right, dude. Like, what is, like, what? why are you trying to sell the film on that? Like, why is that... That's hey not guys, part of the movie. You, yeah, like, that's not... Like, it's a cool side thing, but it doesn't make us, like... Like, Aerith It's to not relevant to the film. Creator. Yeah, like, anyway... Um, so, like, the third one was from The Fifth Element, uh, 1997. Okay, it's unimportant, yeah. only life is important. Um, the second one, Take Back the Future, actually from Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, bit of a deep dive on that five. one. 
Um, and now, uh, into the last three taglines of the original film. Alright, bring them on, dude. Bring them on. Now, this one I'd sort of used before anyway, and it was just like, it was too nondescript. And so, anyway. The biggest adventure begins 2001. Oh my god, dude, you could have, there is no way I would have picked that one. I know, because it's not even the biggest (laughs) adventure from 2001. Surely not. Okay, what action adventure movies? Yeah, action (laughs) adventure, exactly. Action adventure movies, 2001. Okay, dude, The Lord of the Rings? The Lord of the Rings? (laughs) Dude, dude, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? Yep. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, also Planet of the Apes, the Mark Wahlberg one. (laughs) Yeah, dog. I mean, fair enough on on that one. Although that was was pretty big. Um, What else? Oh, my God. Fast and the Furious, dude. All right, cool. Like, this movie was up against the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and had the goal to call itself the biggest adventure in 2001. Dude, cats and dogs. <laughs> um, Ocean's Eleven. Jason X. Oh, man. 2001 was a fucking dope year for film. Not good quality, Ocean's Eleven. Jurassic yeah, Park 3. Spy Kids, dude. Black Hawk Down. There are a lot of movies that came yeah. out this year that are action yep. adventure. Yep, 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 yep. Um, although, hilariously, from this Google search I did, the top three films under Movies Adventure in 2001 are The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. It may be <laughs> the top three, baby. Yeah, the, the last two. Uh, who is Lara Croft? Which, like... So, definitely a question a studio exec asked when the script landed on the yeah, desk. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. They, they probably just, like, scroll it on in Sharpie and then send it back. And then the last one, Born into Wealth, Groomed by the Elite... Trained for combat. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Very much I don't like at that all. either. I, I I quite hate it to be honest. Um, yeah, that gives me very bad vibes. Yeah. Hey, that was taglines. Hey, say if you so like yeah, that was taglines. Uh, just don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Taglines is our new podcast. Like and rate. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check us out. On I YouTube. can't wait for a few years time where we just like break off and have like the tagline. Uh, podcast all of its own you know yeah but it's actually like um it's like a cool name for like our serious news podcast yeah yeah okay yeah so basically (laughs) lara's escaped she's hanging out in cambodia i guess uh and she's in this little village and she finds like a a family and she's like hello can i use your phone but she first asked them in cambodian i don't know what language they speak in cambodia i don't know but lara croft certainly does quick google Khmer, okay, there you go. Asks in Khmer, one would assume, although maybe it's Thai, because apparently they also speak Thai. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she, she goes ahead and asks if she can use their phone. They allow her to use their phone, and she immediately starts calling her friends. She calls uh, Bryce Turing, and she's like, hey, uh, guess what, I got the piece. And he's like, oh, cool, well, the next one has to be done in 66 hours, and what are you doing? And she's like, haha, I'm not going to tell you really anything at all. Pack of Venice, though, and then she hangs up on him, right? Yeah. Like, am I about right? Is that pretty yes, much what happens the, the here? One, the one thing, re Venice, that's probably worth uh, going into is that she also gets a phone call from Manfred Powell, being ah, the yes. biggest slime ball, calling her as he's getting a ma- Dude, one of those massages where he's someone's getting a massage! 
He yeah. loves to chill! He yeah. won't do anything but chill! We also can see... Now, we don't see their face, but we can see a suit standing off left of him. And I have to assume that's just Mr. Pims standing there watching his employer, or his, like, you know, like... <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like his employer just, like, getting this really intense massage and just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this is my job and I'm paid for this. He's paid to watch, you know? But he invites her to the, uh... Fuck, what is it? It's like the... Illuminati HQ. Yeah, Illuminati HQ in Venice, like the Via del Rosa or something like that. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, then the monks give Lara Croft a healing potion and imply they, they knew yep. her dad. Um, yep. What? I, I just don't know why there was a monastery scene. It added yeah. absolutely nothing. Nothing. So yeah, she, she basically, like, accepts the invitation to go to Venice because, like, yeah, she wants to meet up with them and... I don't know, make some kind of deal or whatever. She's got the triangle half. They have the fucking key to get the second half of the triangle, so they kind of need to work together, I guess. I don't know. Um, although, do they need to work together? Because no. this is a mighty goof plot hole that I thoroughly agree with. Lara's whole goal in the film is to destroy the triangle so the Illuminati can't use its evil power. However, after successfully getting the first half at the first turn, she spends the entire third act trying to acquire the second half in order to destroy them both. The problem is that she has one piece already, and one half cannot work without joining it to the other. So why doesn't she just destroy the one she has, rendering the second piece useless? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, look, it's hmm. a very good point. It's a very fucking good point. Hmm. Some big hmms going on in this movie. Yes. Uh, anyway, now we're in Venice. She's meeting up with Pal in the Illuminati headquarters, and they have a very tense scene where she's like, "Who sits in this chair?" And uh, like, she's pointing like the big chair at like the head of the Illuminati hall, and Pal's not really giving her an answer, and she's like. You know, I think I sit in this chair. And she just fucking takes the throne, which I'm very <laughs> into. Like, she just sits down in the big chair, and she's just making a power play. Uh, basically, Pal, some things come out in this scene. Yeah, Pal lets her know Go that on. her dad was working with the Illuminati, and, like, taught yep. him everything he knew, and she's like, that's bullshit, you're lying. We do get a title pitch, which is, you're with the Illuminati, yep, which yep, I think would be no. a fun title. Yes, and sure. we learn that both of these people are very good at knives. And being yes. good at knives is a very remakeable aspect that I <laughs> hope we get in the sequel, in the in the reboot. They both throw knives very hard in a very cool way at different times in this scene, and I like it a lot. Basically, they come to some kind of a compact where he's like, hey, give me the triangle so I can become God and bring your father back from the dead. But, like, couldn't she just do it? Like, yeah. what does she need him for? Yeah. Why does yeah, she have yeah, to yeah. give him the triangle to bring her father back from the dead? Anyway, whatever. I guess they're teaming up because she has the fucking piece and he has the clock or whatever uh she makes a very big power play when like he pulls a knife on her i guess is a threat and she just like slowly turns her back on him and walks away fucking power move yeah dude. not at all concerned really Good really job. dig it um we now get our second shower scene um this time going for the inverse with yes yeah, yeah, like, this see- is such a misdirect totally it starts with the shower head yeah and you're like, like oh La- is, is Lara in the shower again and then we pan down and no you better believe it's like a very like uh, stern looking Daniel Craig just like lathering himself up in the shower he hears a sound in the apartment jumps out of the uh, shower naked grabs a gun searching around there's someone outside he opens the door it's just a maid she looks at him and then down at his uh, down at his dick she screams throwing towels at him yep. he heads back to the shower I someone's guess she has written a scary dick <laughs> yeah i guess so um someone has written traitor uh like just using their finger on like the, against the seam in the mirror turns around and lara is just there scoping his dick boom and is, is like oh yep 
everyone's hello, scoping hello, his Alex. dick in this scene, except for yeah. us, the audience, because of how carefully it's hidden behind conveniently yes. placed props in the entire scene. Yes, yes, which yes. I dig. I think this is cool. Actually, I really like that it was a misdirect, because it's like, shower, and you're like, oh boy, Lara scene. No, bitch, it's Daniel Craig! <laughs> didn't see that coming, did you? And then he's fucking all naked and wet, and they just have a chat, and he's just standing there, all naked and wet, just, just talking to Lara Croft. Just seems... Just thoroughly unconcerned. He's just like, yes. oh, hey, Lara, what's going on? They, they, they chat. They fl- I don't even yeah, know they f- what they really talk about. She's confronting him for working with Manfred Powell, and he's like, I'm just doing it for the money, baby. I'm not a bad person. And they're like, there's like making a lot of eyes at each other, being very flirtatious, and then she's like, There's a lot well, of genuine sexual tension in this scene. Yeah, and then she's like, well, bye... And then, like, like, looks him up and down and then leaves. And then Dan, Dan Craig just, like, almost, like, looks at the camera and is like, hmm, now for a cold shower. And walks back to Am the I shower. Am I right, boys? Uh, watching this movie? Jesus. Time for a cold shower for me, Alex West. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. so now Lara goes to meet Powell and West, I guess. And why did she bring the piece with her? That's what I want to know. Why did she bring it? Why not leave it in a secure location so they can do their exchange later or whatever? What we're doing, we're moving right into the quest for, for the second half of the triangle. We're heading straight for it. Uh, we've got Pal, we've got West, we've got Croft. They're all heading in together. And also we've got um, Bryce cheering. And he's mm-hmm. like, what are you all working together for? And at which point Pal says, one Tomb Raider is good. Two is better. Yeah. Which I feel like is yeah. what Paramount felt when they yeah. made the 2003 Tomb Raider in the Cradle of Life. <laughs> Um, so, so they're in Siberia, Bryce and Lara go buy some very good dogs, um, this nosy child comes up and calls out Lara for wanting to see her dad, being like, you shouldn't do this, don't use, don't use, yeah, she's like, don't use the power, like, the ultimate power of time to bring your dad back, Lara, and Lara's like, where did you come from? And, like, feels all sad about it. Um, and Two then, things yeah. that I want to note about this scene. Mm-hmm. Every shot is carefully framed to show off Angelina Jolie's boobs, and mm-hmm. driving a big boat around on land is a very, very cool look. <laughs> yes, it's a very cool look. Um, <laughs> Which is what happens. These big fucking boat trucks just roll up in the middle of this Siberian village. Yeah, the, the teams head out on, like, dog sleds, essentially, with, like, a whole, whole pack of dogs to a sled. Lara's just, like, zooming on ahead, like... Very much rocking it. Like, she very much suits the dog sled vibe, I think. Okay, I wanted to put a fucking fine point on this boat launching and then boat cruising scene that looked fucking good. I really liked all these shots of the, like, Siberian ice lake with these boats cruising around on them. I thought it was cool to look at. And Mm. I wanted to say, there is a lot of varied scenery in this movie. Like, this is a hundred-minute movie, and, like, we go so many different places, which is what you want from a Tomb Raider film. And one of the points of remakeability, I think. Like... You have to have lots of different cool exotic landscapes. You can't just fucking do it all in one place. So I, I hope we get a bit of that. The the I guess the the newly uh, aligned team, uh, as in the way of the planets, uh, have now gotten to this temple. There's like it's like blocked off. They can't get any further. And so Lara just like walks yeah, up, but finds there's a, a bell there. Yeah. So she goes up to this bell, rings it, and then a wall of ice explodes. And then they just 
head on further in. Everyone's yep. like... The movie that- gives you absolutely no time to think about what that was. They're just like, great, now it's happening. And now we're inside the ice cave. And there's big spheres of metal and they're rotating around and there's weird lights that are phasing in yes. and out of existence. One and of the we- dogs jumps through... I'm just going to barrel through this because yep. what the movie does. One of the dogs jumps through a big thing of light and it gets stripped down to the bone and then it comes out the other side and turns back into a dog. Apparently it's a time storm. That's yes. what Lara Croft says and that's and something she- that we're all just okay with. She also says time is broken here and I was like great don't don't go into it film like I was like I'd li- I'd no. re- I prefer to do a shorter episode anyway so thanks so much um, yeah, I'm glad that they give us no more information about any of this. We get also in this scene, like, while they're basically, they're all walking into this room with all the big orbs and the time storms trying to figure out what the fuck and where the fuck the second half of the thing is and where the eye is that they have to place the, the key on. We get probably the best accent break from Daniel Craig. I can't remember exactly what he oh said, God, but it was dude. just so bad in this scene yeah. in particular. So as the, the alignment gets closer, like, this solar system that's inside there starts, like, all the planets start moving around this, like, giant sun. Yeah, these big spheres are like representations of the planets. So Lara and Alex are trying to climb to the top because they're pretty sure that there's something to do in this with the sun or something like that. As they're doing that, oh we see God, a lot of different footage of people being crushed between like uh, separate Whoa. planets, beams coming together. It's so awful. But these people are being crushed to death by slow moving gears. Yeah, like. LVP to everyone who gets crushed to death by a slow-moving planet. Like, it's yeah. so avoidable. They're moving so slowly. It's like they're hanging off, like, one of the arms that one of the planets is on, and one of the ones that's, like, slightly higher is, like, coming over, and they just see it coming, and they're like, oh, no! And instead of fucking getting out of the way, they just get crushed. It was very, very silly. Lara, like, sort of figures it out, tucks herself in, like, yeah, she uh, crushes it like the sun. She yeah, uh, she's, like, rotating around and then sees, like, the place to, to like, um, drop in the key. She does so, and then just gets sucked into the sun. Like, yeah. it, 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 like she gets it, sucked into the big Pokeball. In a flash of light, and then kind she Kind of like pop- a Pokemon thing. And then, like, five seconds later, yeah, big old Pokeball. Five seconds later, she pops out, carrying the other half Lara of the Croft, triangle. I choose you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we'll never know what happened inside the triangle. I kind of, nope. I kind of am very into this like alternate universe that I've just created in my mind, where the entire second movie takes place inside the time vortex inside the sphere. Interesting. Now, not having seen the movie, I kind of just like I've just kind of made that up. But I, I'm very into it as a concept. Yeah, I think it's a very strong concept, and hopefully they come back to it for the sequel. Maybe that's what the remake is. Maybe the remake is like an alternate oh, sort the of remake like is the lost time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we get the the two triangles together. The chief Illuminati guy, who I don't think we spoke about uh, earlier, is there because he doesn't really warrant anything. Yep. Uh, he's just sort of like he, talking. He does give a big ritual. high drama speech here. And now we of the Illuminati will control time. And he's just doing this big like grandstand moment where he's like holding the two fucking halves of the triangle and he's gonna put them together. But you better believe Pal turns on his bosses during the ritual. Pal orders his men to fire, they shoot the fuck out of all the Illuminati, which by the way, fucked up thing to do, seeing as we spoiler alert, later realize that bullets can destroy the triangle. Because, like, yes. it literally, like, spoiler, spoiler for five minutes from now, it gets shot to shit, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> like, the, the, he shot the guy holding the triangle that controls absolute time with a whole bunch of machine guns. Absolutely insane thing to do. Yeah. But a last-minute double-cross, highly remakeable. Um, the, he tries to put it together, nothing happens, and Benjamin, I'm just going to, like, burn through a lot of this, because, like, th- yep, this it, is just, like, yep, a paragraph of text yep. to get through. Uh, I, I've got the most ellipses in my description of what happens here that I have ever had in yes. this show. So, uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, Manfred's just killed the Illuminati. He's trying to piece it together. That doesn't work. He, he realizes that Lara probably knows, knows what's going on. And so, she, so he's like, yeah. oh, I figured it out. He kills Alex, throwing a knife into him, and then Alex gets sucked up into the gears of like this like planetary yep. system. And then he's it's like, listen... You make me a god, I'll bring him back. He walks around in a circle talking about wanting to be a god and have ultimate authority over time. Um, Lara gets up, <laughs> having realized what's been going on, picks up the all-seeing eye, throws it into a time storm, which for this one here, reverts it into its individual pieces. She pulls out a little small piece from there, says about having the whole world as like a grain of sand, uh, which dude, is like dude, a story dude, about- dude, you, you, you missed the part where she has to get a laser light to shine on the time storm before Sorry, she can do this yes, for no I reason. Sorry, I did miss that. Yeah, yeah, so she shines a light on a time storm, throws the piece in, and it, it blows up, as you said, and... Yep, she picks up a piece from inside it, which, how did... Yeah, uh, yep, okay, yep, yep and puts yep. it inside the triangle, and then uh-huh. it happens, and then she and Pal are in, like, a de- different space, where they're, they're like, running they're up running the side up a pyramid. of a pyramid. Yep, and then they're yep. running to grab the triangle first, and Lara just gets there, which means she's, like, the time... Like And, and like, now Manfred is time the time king. fool, you know, like, yeah. Yes, and she's the time king. Yes. Yes. And... Then she's in a tent with her dad, and her dad's like, oh, you must be phasing through time, because this is the present for me and the past for you. And then he's like, you did a good job, babe. And then they high-five. And And then he's like, but make make sure you destroy it. Yeah, don't don't bring me back in time. Basically, he's like, you shouldn't abuse uh, this this power, essentially. And 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 she's like, okay, dad. She goes back and then immediately abuses the power to, to resurrect Alex West. And then, like, turns around a knife frozen in time to uh, just have it throw back into Manfred, which I assume yep. was, like, a lethal sort of thing. Um, and then she shoots the, tr- the triangle, time reverts, the whole place starts falling down. Manfred gets stabbed mm-hmm. by this uh, knife, but he's actually pretty, pretty good. All the troops immediately want to bail. Like, I gotta say, I really dig the, um, like... She stops the knife in midair and like turns it around in midair, yeah, so that, that like was, that when was time finishes sick. reversing, it'll stab him with his own knife throw. I like yeah. to imagine what that looked like from like an untime interrupter perspective. It's <laughs> got to look like he throws a knife and it just immediately goes back into his own chest, which is very <laughs> very dope. That's actually sick as hell. So she shoots the triangle like once; it shatters into a million pieces. Um, the knife launches into Manfred. All his men are like, oh. We're out of here. Everyone's trying to leave. And then Manfred's like, oh, you think you're so clever. Well, your father begged me to save his life. And also I have his pocket watch. Not true, because we then see back to the moment where he killed her father. And he's he's like, surrender now. And her father's like, no. And then he just shoots him. So, yep, definitely just made that bit up. Gotta say, though, dude, gotta say, quick interruption of the flow. Very late game MVP nom for me to Ian Glenn for his fucking face and voice whilst he pulls the knife out of his chest. He's just like... (laughs) As he, like, unstabs himself. It's very, very, very good. Go watch that scene. It's, It's quite powerful. So yeah, but basically, um, basically he baits her into having a one v one final showdown for absolutely no reason. Like, yeah, she already dunked on this guy. Like, she won. She did it. She got the triangle. She blew it up. She saved the world. She fucking stabs this guy with a knife. She saved her friend Alex West from getting stabbed to death. And he's like, "How about you one v one me though for no reason?" And then they start the one v one, and he's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. 
no guns, which yeah. is so stupid. They put their guns down and have a fist fight. It's unnecessary. They have this fist fight and like they like sort of like strike into each other. Lara gets the upper hand, beats him down, and like does like this like deadly, yep. deadly fucking, fucking like throat, throat chop to him, and like I, yeah, I guess essentially kills him. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, of course, she beats the tar out of him. She's Lara fucking Croft. Yeah, but now so the she, place is falling down around them for reasons that are unclear. She grabs the pocket watch and then she's just heading out. It makes no sense now that the, the triangle's been destroyed, that everything's coming down. But I mean, I guess so. Fair enough. Um, and then, like, yeah, she bails out of the. She's like, there's a, a million fucking explosions yep. as she's bailing out of the temple, and, f- and she from gets this out- high point of drama. The highest point of drama in the scene, we get the most abrupt tonal shift, probably in cinema history, where now she's laughing and fucking sledding around on a fucking husky sled, just having a great time. Mm, and she's thing. riding she, around on these she, dogs. Like she, She's not on a sled though, right? Like she, There was no time for the yeah, sled, yeah, so she's just, she's just hanging onto the ropes of these dogs, yeah. It, which, which is cool, yeah. but you're right, tonally it's fucking bizarre. We now see her it's just back at home. It's just so abrupt. She's back at yep. home, rocking a very good look, yep. very much a hat girl. I could not understand the end of this movie. She walks into her house. Her team's like, oh, like Henry the butler's like, oh, you're back. Sick. And then she goes down to visit her dad's grave. And then she's like, has a little moment there. And then she returns back inside. Her support team, Bryce and Henry, are kind of like looking at her expectantly. And she's like, what? What's up? And then Simon the robot has been resurrected. She takes off her hat, they, uh, Henry takes off the, uh, sheet covering the silver platter, her two guns are on there, she grabs them, spins around in, like, a cool, like, uh, pose, ready to shoot, as Where's Your Head At begins to play, credits roll, and I have to say right here real quick, Daniel Craig, respect, retrospective LVP for a terrible performance, end of the fucking movie. So, here we are at the end of the movie, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, from 2001. At the end of the road, and if you in- together once more. But, you know, we, we've got a lot of road ahead. In fact, we're going to yeah. be looking at the future remake of this movie starring Oscar winner Alicia Vikander. So, get excited for that. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us to tell us about cool movies you think we should do, or even just tell us what you thought about this movie or any of the others, you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter at Curio Network or at Still Interested. Oh, sorry, no, it's at SI Curio Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, listen. Definitely yeah, couldn't get at you, Still Interested. You had to with it, yeah. Yeah. You can grab us at our individual ones as well at Jackson underscore Usid and at Mr. BT McAllister. Still working on that doctor, hey, That's Ben? That's me. Yeah, still still working on it. It'll change in the... Yeah, spoilers. All right, buddy. Let's talk MVPs. Here's who I got. I got very few. I've yes. got whoever was responsible for the half moment of an expression on the Vishnu statue's face... And I've got Ian Glenn, a very, very late game MVP for Ian Glenn, uh, for, for that last knife pull removal. What do you See, got? See, I had Lara Croft, and that was it. Um, and mm. I know, I know, like, like, listen, I am, I am quite, I don't like the idea necessarily of, like, just gifting an MVP to, like, the lead character because they're the lead character, yada, yada, yada. But this entire movie, the only thing that makes it watchable is Lara Croft doing sweet stunts and just, like, fucking, like, beating the shit out of people with improvised weapons and so on and so forth. Like, if you take out Angelina Jolie from this movie, like, good God, is it is it, like, really fucking rough to watch. 
Um, yeah, I mean, so like, I, I think given if you made that, Tomb like, Raider and you didn't have the Tomb Raider in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, but even, but even beyond like, that, dude, like, you, even looking at just, like... Because we, we've seen so many movies where, like, the protagonist is doing a pretty average job, right? And it's kind of like... Well, yeah, yeah, like, just no, totally. Forward, she is way thing, better like, than most. I, I, yeah. I, I fully agree. I think, like, considering how sparse MVP nominees are in this movie, I think it really does make sense, even though it is kind of a little on the nose. But you know what? Arguably, being on the nose is kind of this movie's vibe. Exactly. So I think we should keep true to the tone of the movie and exactly. say that the most valuable player in Lara Croft Tomb Raider is Lara, is Lara Croft, Croft Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I'm more intrigued when about your LVPs. Who you got? My LVP nominees, Jackson, are as follows. I have got... The writers who decided to use the Illuminati, because again, yeah. they just could not be bothered That's and they were right on the nose. Rough. And I've got to the director for making Daniel Craig say into the demon's ass with his awful, awful mouth. Uh, oh, and also uh, the SWAT team. Okay, okay. Here's here's my campaign. Tell me who your people are, but like the, the SWAT team for unloading bullets into Lara Croft and also the people who got crushed in the slow moving gears. I had that retrospective and LVP for Daniel Craig just for his general, like, terrible performance throughout the film but uh the one i think i'm really into is an lvp for lara croft's dad for just completely fucking the timeline up and not even giving her like a really decent chance of doing this big important life role like if he knew in the planetary alignment like he could have made the film admittedly probably a less engaging film but like story-wise that's such an easy way for him to actually prepare her for that you know what i mean yeah, the thing is, she still can't actually get the pieces until the alignment anyway. So, like, it would certainly give her prep time, but I don't know if it necessarily, you know... I think I think more perilous to the success of this entire fucking endeavour is the miscellaneous gun-toting people who fuck around in this movie so much. First thing we see, they get their ass handed to them by one unarmed woman in her mansion. Now, to be fair, that woman is Lara Croft, but still. Second thing we see of them, they just immediately open fire on the same woman. Maybe they're traumatized. <laughs> maybe they're afraid of her without any fucking consideration for the fact that if she hadn't been there, they would have fucked it up and lost the pieces for 5,000 years. A bunch of them get crushed in some slow moving gears on their way to try and get the next piece out, which why are they even in there? Because none of them have the clock, right? Like it has to be Lara who gets in there. And then the last thing they do is shoot the shit out of the Illuminati guys coming perilously close to destroying the fucking triangle that they're so desperately trying to retrieve in the first place. That is a series of failures unlike anything we've seen before in the history of making (laughs) this show. (laughs) Keeping in mind how many of them got beaten the fuck up when they were taking on Lara Croft without any weapons. They can share the brunt of it together. You know, it's kind of like only getting a fraction of an LVP. So, you Mm. know, good good for them. I I guess it probably won't really hurt their careers too much. Throw me some trivia, please. When Lara starts smashing the clock with a hammer, Hillary, not Henry, the butler, uses a silver tray to protect his face. This is a reference to the games in which, while exploring Croft Manor, the player can shoot at the butler, who then also uses the tray he's carrying around to protect himself. So it's a bulletproof tray, I guess we're meant to That's pretty funny. He's got a fucking sick. Kevlar tray. Yeah, that's a very cool, like, Captain America shield vibe. filming the scenes where Lara drives her Land Rover through the jungle there had to be endless reshoots due to snakes and other wildlife falling through the open top roof Angelina Jolie herself was reported to be terrified well yeah (laughs) yeah dude of course dude this is nice because of the way it kind of like kind of like blends some universes 
Cool. The gun that Daniel Craig uses in the Tomb of the Dancing Light is a Walther PPK, the signature weapon of, you guessed it, a James Bond. Whoa. He wields the weapon again as 007 in Casino Royale. Is this the beginning of the Daniel Craig James Bond? Maybe that's why he's so jaded, because he literally died and was brought back from death. And that's why he's such like a, like a fucking yeah. asshole now. That's kind of cool. And, I, and I, such I like a that dick mythology. To, yeah. Such a dick to anyone who, yeah, definitely asks him any questions. Many of Lara's action moves are known and loved by aficionados of the video games. Drawing weapons mid-somersault, swallow dives into water, forward rolls to reverse direction are signature moves of the experienced player. <laughs> that's, okay, no, I'm actually pretty into that. That's kind of fun. That's like... fucking sick. They were like, oh, what are some things you can do in the games? Let's fucking make Angelina Jolie do them in the movie. I love that. That's fucking <laughs> cool. The Illuminati is reported to be a real-life secret society, with origins dating back to at least the 1700s, though it is a matter of debate whether it still exists. Many books, factual, fiction, or science fiction novels have been written about this legendary group, best known best known being the Illuminatus Trilogy. <laughs> not uh, the best Not sure about that. Not sure about that. I yeah, think I, I think about one, that one, actually. I think one Dan Brown might have something to say with you there. Yeah, he might be the man who... Gets those particular plaudits. <laughs> in the morning after the attack on Lara's mansion, when the delivery service guy comes in to deliver mail, he comes upon Lara's mansion doors open, and then as he proceeds and the camera angle changes, it now appears that both of the doors are shut. <laughs> Note, this is because the exteriors were shot at a real mansion, but no permission was given to film inside. <laughs> so, like, they literally just, like, couldn't get a mansion for the movie. So they had to take what they could get in terms of exterior shots. And all the interiors have to be fully enclosed. Oh my god, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes, or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>